I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is Curate Curiosity. Hello again. We are here for another episode of Best Trip, Worst Trip. I am Dietrich Hunter, and I am so honored today to be sitting with family this time. Um, This is my cousin Beverly, and uh, yeah, she'll be here just telling us about herself, uh, her life, and a little bit of her trips. So Beverly, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, tell the people uh, where you're calling from and a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Beverly Rideau, um, Beverly McCoy Rideau. Um, as Dietrich says, we're cousins. I'm a lot older than you probably think. So I grew up with your dad. Me and you were introduced because my auntie Hattie, my dad's sister, I thought that it would be great for us to get together and, and meet because we have a lot of things in common. I'm coming to you from Houston, Texas. Yes, it's hot out here. <laughs> it's really, really hot out here. I work for a major insurance company. I'm sure you've heard of it, Allstate Insurance. So I work from home. So one of the things that I do is I work with um, in- improving our footprint within the Texas area on the independent agency side. So I conduct web conferences. I do education. I teach selling skills and a little bit of everything um, with all state. I've got my start in underwriting and then involved on the education side. So I'm an educator at heart. So um, that's what I love and that's what I'm passionate about. And that leads me into the things that I do locally here. I'm just loving life. You know, I'm, I'm at a point three and a half years from now. I'm looking forward to retirement. I'm looking forward to being more involved and active in my community. Um, not sure as to what I'd like to do once I'm done, but I'm sure it's going to have something to do with wellness and um, leading hikes and encouraging them to be their most authentic selves and, you know, just take care of themselves because I think we need to um, as women. So that's who I am. That's Beverly in a nutshell. Thank you so much. And Hattie strikes again. So much alignment. It's like wild. I really, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I guess my first question is like, um, yeah, what orgs are you involved in? It sounds like that's something that has a big cut of your time and a big part of your heart. Yeah. Uh, outside of work time. And it sounds like you've had some real opportunities with those. So please share. Yeah. One of the things that, um, you know what, I I always tell, you know, folks that, you know what, I work for a living, but that's not my life. So um, it's really important to cultivate a life outside of your work life. I'm strongly, I'm a firm believer in work-life balance. So one of the things that I do um, a lot is I'm involved with a national organization called Girl Trek. And you know about Girl Trek because you mentioned that to me. I do. Uh, I'm a volunteer organizer, um, hike leader, and Girl Trek is a national organization focused on Black women's health through walking. Now, it's more than just walking. So Girl Trek is a national organization. Yes, yes, yes. It's a national organization focused on Black women's health um, through walking. Um, It was started by our founders, uh, Morgan Dixon and Vanessa Garrison. Uh, They met in 1996 in college. And they decided in 2010 that there was a huge epidemic out there of Black women who, unfortunately, they just weren't doing the things that they needed to do to be able to take care of themselves, right? Because many of us were suffering from chronic illnesses, obesity, right? All of those things um, that are curable if we just take the time to focus on our self-care. So they decided, you know what, we're going to start this nonprofit and we're going to encourage women to not only walk in their communities, but also be change makers within their community. So we've evolved into more than just a walking organization. We have the Black Girl Justice Justice League. We've got a gardening group where I mentor, and you're right, I mentor new gardeners. Um, we do um, walking challenges. Um, we have a Black History Boot Camp. 
um, where we focus in on um, a lot of our ancestors. It's, it's an informal podcast where we encourage Black women to listen to the podcast, walk, and then also we do walking meditations and those things as well. So I do that. So in 20, 2018, they made a decision, you know what? We want Black women to also be in nature, in the hiking trails. So they created this group called um, the Adventure Squad. And I'm just, I want to throw this up. Let's go. <laughs> I want to show you that. Um, yes. So we have an annual wellness trip in Colorado over Labor Day weekend. And um, during this three-day, four-day weekend, we basically, we bring Black women up to the mountains in Estes Park, Colorado, and we lead them on hikes, we do meditation, we have cooking classes, we have guest speakers, we do a little bit of everything. And so they made a decision that they wanted to have some Sierra Club hike leaders, right? So I was one of the ones that they asked to become a member of that. Yes, little old me. And I was like, really? Do you really want me to? But I was like, okay, sure. I'll take a stab at it, right? I'll give it your college try. Girl Trek saw that and, and they said, oh, Beverly will be a great candidate to be one of our adventure squad leaders. And so I went to Colorado in uh, September, uh, Labor Day weekend of 2019. And I actually led hike and it was an absolutely awesome experience. Yes. And so I was awarded one of three of the best um, hike leaders out of all of the 30 hike leaders. So um, I'm very proud of that. I really, really, truly am. And so that's what I do locally here in Houston too. I lead hikes. I take women on adventures. I'm usually the one here locally that likes to get out and do the new things. I like to pop up things to get women all across the city involved and, um, you know, to do, you know, new things like African dance, whatever it may be. Um, if it sparks my attention, um, I like to do it. And the great thing about that is, is that it allows you to network and meet other people. So through my Girl Trek um, associations, I'm now on the Memorial Board, I'm sorry, the Memorial Park Conservancy Operations Committee and the Memorial Park Operations Committee, um, the, the, the Memorial Park, Memorial Park is the largest urban um, uh, park in the city of Houston. So I grew up as a park kid. My mother worked for Houston Parks and Recreation. It's amazing how things come full circle, right? I don't work for the parks, but I have a long history of being involved and active in the parks through my mother's um, work history with Houston Parks and Recreation. So I'm on the operations committee at Memorial Park. And one of the things that we do is, is that the park is go undergoing some huge enhancements. And so we advise basically the park operations on, you know what, what's working, what's not, you know, we want to we want to be sure that whatever they do to the park stays within um, the history of the park and it honors the park and it's also very inclusive. So that's one of the things that I do as well. And I'm on the Boys and Girls um, Club Advisory Board here in Houston as well. I'm just all about making sure that we are, you know what, we do the things we need to do for our youth within our communities. And the Boys and Girls Club is such a it's a great organization for that. So I'm on the education committee. Uh, I'm, I'm involved in the Youth of the Year scholarship program. Um, I've taught a degrees to diploma um, workshop over at one of the parks um, one year. So um, I do that too as well. And I'm getting involved in, in some other things, but a lot of work, you know, with local parks, you know, just, you know, just a whole lot of things that really interest me that um, allow me to give back to my community and, uh, also focus in on, on wellness. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. 
it sounds like you you are training at work you know and then in some of these other places you're helping people reach out to obtain the things that they you know could experience in and get training in and and, and enjoy and then you're doing even more formal training in some of these youth organizations so my i think a side question not necessarily even a pre-interview interview you know is like where do you you know either find the time for learning or or what 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 motivates you to like do the learning to get into those spaces to really want to train because i i find myself being able to mirror a lot of that and i just want to kind of get eyes on your answer around your learning. Well, you know, um, first of all, you know, it's just in me. You know, it's just something that, you know what, I love to be sparked with doing something new. So I love a new adventure. Um, I love doing new things. Um, I love encouraging others to do new things too. A lot of times we get stuck in our boxes, right? We have, you know what, we say that we can't. And my philosophy is you can't. Right. I always I like to whisper in people's ear and say, you know what, you can. Right. If you will just try it. Right. If you'll just step on out of there, you got outside of your comfort zone. Growth to me, you have to be uncomfortable. So, you know, I grew up as a very, very shy kid. I was really, really shy. I mean, if you ask Auntie Hattie on Bernice, um, I don't know if you can ask your dad that. But, you know, you know, you know what their generation on my mom's side is, you know, as well. My auntie used to say all the time, you know what, we people would look at you and you would cry. I mean, literally, I was that shy. But I'm a firm believer in, you know, most of your shy people end up being what? They, you know, they're really good listeners and they're influencers, right? So, uh, yes, yeah. so, so, so don't discount those quiet people in the, you know, in the back of the room. They're usually listening and learning, right? So that they can, right, take what, take those things and, um, use them not only for their, their benefit, but for the benefit of others. There's a leadership in that. But I'm um, getting back to your question. Um, I'm, you know what? I just, you know what? I'm a teacher at heart. I'm just a teacher at heart. There's always a teaching moment. Sometimes my kids, you know what? My sons tell me, oh, sometimes mom, you know what? You're teaching again. And my, you know what? They don't really want to hear that. You know, you know what? You know how kids are, right? You know what? Because I'm always, I always feel like, like there's a lesson in everything. There's always something to learn from it, in my opinion. It's really beautiful. Yeah, we walk through the world in, in similar ways. Ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a. Uh, it's really cool to hear that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that thinking about other ways that people might get to know you, mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of questions that we could dive into, and I really want to just honor our rhythm here. Mm -hmm. um, as we start to pivot towards the interview, I want to give us a chance this just kind of um yeah hear a little bit of your kind of experience um but before we do and as we get started are there any um shout outs you want to give or anybody you're extremely grateful for um that you want to know or you want them to know that when they hear this you know what there's so many um and i want to pay honor to all of them especially my dad's generation you know my dad died when i was eight years old and Auntie Hattie, I believe it was shout out to Auntie Hattie. Auntie Hattie was the one that spearheaded the family and said, you know what? She needs to know her family. And so she was the one, right? She was the one that spearheaded um, all of my dad's siblings. You know what? Your grandmother, Liz, and all of them. She spearheaded them to um, start flying me and my um, sister to Detroit. And so we would fly to Detroit and we would spend the summers in Detroit so that we would know our family. So 
the beauty of that is that you would open my, you know what, my window, you know, the door to what's out there in this world in um, Houston, Texas, right? I, I, I got to, you know, I got to travel and do things. So yeah, that's, that's who I really want to give a shout out to. Today's episode is brought to you by Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist. A fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Well, we can kind of pivot. What would you say for you? You prefer oceans, kind of like mountains or beach? Um, I like both, but I love the mountains. And, and the reason why, you know, I've, I've always loved the mountains. I mean, we're flatliners here in Texas. <laughs> There's nothing exciting about our, you know, our, our, our topography. You look, at, you look out and you're not seeing any mountains. So we love the fresh air and the coolness of the mountains. Um, like I said, you know, I used to take my sons snow skiing and snowboarding in Breckenridge, Keystone, uh, Winter Park, you know, with the National Brotherhood of Skiers, right? So they participated in the um, uh, skiing and snowboarding um, camp that they had over Thanksgiving week. And so um, we love the mountains. So just the fresh air and just, you know, just the coolness. So we love, um, we love the mountains. I love the beach, but I love the mountains. We love the mountains. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my uh, previous guests, uh, he was from Houston as well, mm-hmm. and he um, went snowboarding. Was one of the stories he shared mm-hmm. with us, and he was he was like, "I love the mountains, but it was hard to adjust." You know, coming yeah. from Houston's like sea yes. level or whatever, and then right. you know, up in the mountains in Breckenridge. Right, like, absolutely. You got to acclimate to the um, elevation. Huh. I tell people all the time, you can't wait to get to the mountains start drinking water. You got to drink the water two weeks ahead of time, right? Yeah. You got to start drinking the water at a time. Right. And then you have to breathe. You can't go to these higher elevations and just do the shallow breathing that we do here. They need to be very deep and on purpose breathing. You have to be prepared too. And then don't think about the cold. You know, if you sit there and you shiver, yeah, you're gonna be cold. So you gotta kind of have to think about think about the fun you're having on that mountain, even though you might be slipping and sliding off down the mountain on the, on the on the trail. Just just enjoy the moment. And then if it's not for you, it's not for you. You can do other things, right? You can, you can, you can be at the lodge or at the spa, whatever you, whatever it may be. Yeah, there are local um, 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 ski clubs throughout the country. So you know, we were part of the um, Ski Chamber Ski Club here in Houston, and so that's how we got involved with the um, Texas Ski Council. And uh, they had their annual Texas Roundup in Colorado over Thanksgiving weekend, and so you know, they they made it affordable for us to be able to bring our kids, you know, to the mountain, and they had you know, five days of, um, um, you know, snow lessons, right? Ski lessons. So, you know, you know, for black youth, you know, and you don't, you know what, you can't do that. You know, today, the cost of one lift ticket, you know, you just went snow skiing, right? It's not obtainable for most people. So it's, it's, it's ridiculously um, unaffordable. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the National Brotherhood of Skiers will get back to that. 
I mean, they're doing some of that, but you know, I, you know, a lot of the sponsors, unfortunately, aren't there. You know, it doesn't seem to be there as they used to be. So um, hopefully they'll get back to that. But you know what? I did it because I wanted my sons to be able to do something different. I wanted them to be able to go to college. And if their kids, you know, said, you know, if, if their friends said, you know what, I'm, I'm, you know, can you know what you want to go snow skiing? Let's go. My youngest son has done that twice with his college classmates. He's been on the mountain without me with his college classmates. So wow. I wanted to give them, I wanted to give, that was my gift to them. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to share those memories and that was my gift to them. And so that's, that, that brings us to my favorite trip. If you want to get, if you want to talk about it, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, move on favorite? into that. My favorite trip. Um, but we flew to Detroit and then we went on a 35 day road trip with my auntie. Yes. With my auntie Hattie, my, my cousin, um, big Beverly. I was a little Beverly. She's big Beverly. Cause she's older. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Howard and uh, my auntie Hattie's husband, un- uncle Howard. And, and my sister Diane. So four kids, two adults, six people in this big old car. Don't ask me what kind of car it was, but it was in the 70s. So it was a very large car, right? My uncle Howard was a salesman. So he went on, he took us on his sales trip across the country. So we went in a car from Detroit. We went to Mount Rushmore. We went right all the way, yes, all the way west, all those cities. Salt Lake City, Utah, Las Vegas, Nevada, Nebraska, California, Los Angeles. Um, We made our way back in the car to um, the Grand Canyon. First time I went to the Grand Canyon was with my Auntie Addie, right? And we literally slept in our car that night. Every time we wanted to take a nap, they pulled the boards out of the trunk and they laid it in the back seat. So we slept in the car one night in July, somewhere in the mountains. All you can see with the stars. And I, I, I remember that to the day I died. Just beautiful, right? And so we made our way from Arizona, New Mexico, all the way across the plains of Texas, back to Houston, and, and they dropped us off. So that was my first real trip. And um, it was just such a beautiful experience. It was a wonderful experience. So every time we would go to Detroit, we would always take a family vacation, always, to Toronto, yeah, we would go to Canada, Montreal. We would do those things. We would go to Arkansas to, fa- to family reunions. We would always go on a trip with my Aunt Patty and Uncle Howard. And that just made, you know what? It just made me love travel. And it made me really, really understand the importance of family time and travel time and the importance of building those connections. And so that's one of the reasons why I travel with my sons. So traveling with them very, very at an early age and we, I started taking them on trips, with, you know what, to Colorado. And it's fundamental and it's foundational. So that was my best trip. Let me make sure I'm hearing you right. Like, so everything that that you've been able to do really at that early age was really connected to Aunt Hattie, all those trips to Montreal, Toronto, even getting back down to Arkansas with family. This huge trip that you kind of just described with Uncle, Uncle Howard's uh, sales trip, basically. Yeah, sales trip. Man, that's so wild. And I guess when I think about this, are there any snapshots from that trip that you remember, like specific stories um, of things that happened or even things that were like, this really stood out and made, like was one of the best days of this trip? It was swimming in the Las Vegas swimming pool. We were were staying at a Holiday Inn. And so me and my sister, we didn't know how to swim, right? My 
cousin Beverly and Big Beverly and my cousin Howard, they knew how to swim, but we didn't. So the lifeguard at the pool spent an afternoon teaching me and my sister the basics on how to swim. And so we were in these big old floaties floating around the pool, right? But, you know, vividly, I remember it as though it was yesterday because it just sticks out to me. It, it was just a fantastic and a wonderful time. I, mm-hmm. I think that that is a cool memory to add on top of a crazy, like, trip, right? Logistically, yeah. fitting all those people in there, sleeping at the Grand Canyon. I guess that's my other question. As much as I've been West and mm-hmm. even, like, lived in, like, Yellowstone and thought about trying to pass this when I was um, driving home from working there for the summer, I did not scoot back down to see the Grand Canyon. I've never seen it. So how would you describe the Grand Canyon seeing it for the first time as a child? Well, you know, um, I remember it as a, as a child, but I just recently went there with my, with, with my sons. Uh, we went to Vegas and, and I and we took a day trip down to the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's just amazing. And then my youngest son is a geology minor. So he understands the rock formations. And so, you know, whenever we are hiking or doing anything like that, because he understands, he's always picking up a rock and he's sharing what he knows, right? So it was just one of those, it was just one of those fantastic things that I could give to them. You know, my auntie Hattie gave it to me and I was able to give it to them, you know? And so just a beautiful experience. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful um, opportunity. Um, what I'd like to do is just to go back and do some hiking there. I'd like to walk down to the, Colo- you know, up to the Colorado River. Haven't had a chance to do that. Um, I don't know that I would take one of the mules down, but um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, knowing that it's it's a it's an Indian reservation, it's the only part of the of, of the Grand Canyon that's still owned, right? I mean, that that's still in uh, Indian in uh, the Indians' hands, right? It's still their land. Yeah. Was was yeah. really really you know interesting to learn. That's mm-hmm. true. and I, I think about that part too, which you bring up as somebody who recreates outside pretty much year round at this point, whether locally or somewhere else, um, or whether paid or just mm-hmm. for pleasure. It is something that I've increasingly become aware of is this idea of like, how much am I benefiting from something that is now a crime? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like stealing people's land or just like, you know, removal of identity um, by removing people from land or vice versa, land from people. So I appreciate you for bringing that layer. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast and the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. So tell us about uh, maybe a time when it wasn't your best trip. My, my worst trip, um, it was a ski trip to Colorado. <laughs> Winter Park, Colorado. We love Breckenridge. That's our favorite place to go as a family. But we went to Winter Park one year and I took my mom and my mom has never been to the mountains, right? It was the first time taking her to the mountains. <laughs> Driving to Winter Park and um, it was a little bit of a late afternoon flight that we got into Denver. You know, Denver, Denver's airport 
you know what? You need to make sure that you've got at least three hours, right? Okay. In and out. You don't just get into Denver's airport and get on your plane and, and leave. It takes at least an hour just to get to the terminal. It's terrible by the time you, yes, it's a long drive in and a long drive out. But um, we ended up uh, uh, driving to Winter Park and, you know, the roads, you know, the road conditions to Winter Park were not the best. And so my mother was not used to driving. She's just not used to, you know, riding, you know, riding in, uh, in the mountains. And so she's in the back behind me <laughs> and I'm driving and she's looking over. And every time you can hear her say, ooh-wee, ooh, ooh-wee, oh, oh gosh, wow, ooh, ooh-wee. I'm like, okay. If she says one more ooh-wee, but I was like, okay, mom, can you do me a favor? Here's what I need you to do for me. Don't say another word until we get there. You know, and then and then the mountain was just, it's just a different mountain, you know. All three of us, me, all three of us, we ended up, um, ski patrol had to bring us down the mountain, all three of us. And we weren't together. Now, my oldest son got, um, I think he got sick on top of the mountain. He was, he was, he was uh, skiing uh, on top of the mountain. He got sick. I think it was just elevation. I don't know what it was. He's the one that usually gets elevation sickness. Dang. My youngest son, on the other hand, he I think he had an upset stomach, but uh, but he was in he was in uh, snow school. So I'm thinking he was in ski school. So I'm thinking that he got sick on purpose because he <laughs> never once he learned how to ski. That joker, he didn't want to be in this in ski school at all, right? And so we would make right we would make these deals. You know what? Just go for the first couple of days and then right on, you know, by the third day, if, 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 if your ski instructor tells me you're doing all right, you don't, right, I'll, you don't have to go anymore, right? So he ended up in a little basket coming down the, down the mountain too, and I had to pick him up at snow school. And then for me, I was taking a lesson. I'm sitting on the side of the snow trail and oh, I'm sorry, the ski trail and this snowboarder, he's six foot tall snowboarder. I don't know where he came from. He came barreling down the mountain. He hit me, smack. Luckily, I still had on my helmet. I ended up in the middle of the ski trail on my butt and my glasses were thrown. And then they had to call the ski patrol. They did a, a, a ski, uh, um, what, what the accident report? All of that, we, we shared information, all of that. I got his contact information. He got mine, and then I ended up in the basket <laughs> by ski patrol down the mountain. So all three of us on the same day, separate incidents, ended up <laughs> being brought down the mountain. So that was probably one of that was one of the worst ski trips. Sweet Beth, any uh, any ideas for yourself on what's next? Um, what's on your itinerary, maybe for this summer or beyond, as far as next trip? Well, you know, I, I turned 60 in December. Word. I'm working on my life after my corporate life. You know what? I don't want to end up retired and not have built these connections. I think it's just really important to go ahead and start cultivating what you want your life to be outside of corporate America. And if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have left corporate America maybe sooner. You know, I'm very blessed, very thankful. I've had a long career. Luckily, my job has really allowed me to keep a really great work-life balance. I'm just really looking forward to retirement, continue to be involved in community, 
maybe start a nonprofit. I'm kind of throwing it around. And um, I'm just, you know, at a point where, you know, I think I'd like to do something like that. Only time can tell, but I think that Mm -hmm. you have your hands in so many places that you have an imprint um, that has a lot of impact. And I think that that's a beautiful way to look at it. I think whatever you create is going to be something that it's going to go deeper than whatever's on the surface. So I think that that's a really, really cool vision for life. You know, a rhythm that allows you to be you in such a way that is just a beautiful expression of humanity and connection and purpose, like you said before. So thank you so much for sharing with us. I am so glad to get to know you. I hope we get to travel together one day. Um, Let's be on purpose about it. Let's make a plan. For more Best Trip, Worst Trip, follow us on Instagram or subscribe to our YouTube page at Curate Curiosity. And remember, always finesse that like button. Have a great day.